Hey guys, it's Adam coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. And some exciting news we have, um, we'll be moving into new studios, um, within the next, uh, few days. So, yay, um, nothing's gonna change, um, other than, um, next week the frequency of episodes may decrease a bit because I will be on vacation. Um, but once I get back and we're full-time in our studios, everything will basically be the same. You will, you will hear me complaining about being yelled at about not using production notes. Sorry, Mandy, I know you hate it, but I have to vent somewhere, and where better than here? (laughs) Uh, and... Uh, that's pretty much it, um... We have some videos that are going to be up on the on Patreon pretty soon. And we're talking and possibly going to be working on moving um, some stuff over to YouTube. Um, that'll be those discussions will happen later on. For right now, though, let's get to the dirt. That's why y'all are here. So, the dirt. Nicolette Sheridan leaving Dynasty. This is the TV news of the season. So, last, for those of you that don't know, Dynasty was rebooted. Um, they're in the middle of their second season. And ratings were kind of trashy. <laughs> That was a really bad way of putting that, but it's true. The ratings were really bad, actually. And so... Their attempt to fix it, just like the originals, was to bring on Alexis. Speculation ran rampant as to who was going to be playing Alexis Carrington. Most people had it pinned as Heather Locklear. Which would have made more sense, because Heather actually appeared on the original series. So that would have been a nice nod... Um to the original, and it would have been fun for longtime fans. But they ended up going with Nicolette Sheridan from um, Desperate Housewives and Picket Fences and a bunch of Hallmark movies because she couldn't get hired for a long time. And, and, and to her credit, and I have to say this because I would not be um being fair if i didn't ratings actually did go up buzz went up when she um when nicolette sheridan joined the cast uh and this was after they moved dynasty to friday nights so all this happened and then we're about halfway through the new season and it's announced that Nicolette Sheridan is leaving Dynasty. There's no official reason given. Um, at this point, everything is speculation. Some some people are saying that there must be something going on behind the scenes. Um, that it must be a bad work environment or something. Because the original Crystal left. Um, the brother left. And maybe that's true. I mean... When it's a low-rated show, there's a little bit more stress because you never know what's going to happen week to week. You know, if you're going to be canceled or whatnot. 
that doesn't seem to be the case with with Dynasty because the CW has actually already renewed it for season three. So I, I I'm pretty sure we can go ahead and say that that's not going to be a a big issue. What I do think a big issue is going to be is rumor has it that um, Nicolette wanted to join the cast of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills because nobody wants to film with Lisa Vanderpump. And Lisa Vanderpump is one of the OG housewives. Um, and they, it, it's very likely that they're willing to pay her a little bit more than what she's making on a low-rated CW show. And I think there's also, a, on the producer's part, I think there's a little bit of a we expected of a bigger ratings bump from bringing in someone so famous. And when they didn't get it, it was like, okay, we're going to go ahead and cut and run now. And I just want people to re- realize that the um, Melrose Place 2.0 actually had better ratings than almost every single show on the CW at this point and when it was canceled. There's a little bit of bitterness there. <laughs> but anyways, so that's the rumor. The Real Housewives are such a huge phenomenon. And they only work a few months out of the year. Like, And I know someone's going to say, well, the same thing with Dynasty. But here's the thing. With Dynasty, you have rehearsal, you have all this other stuff that you have to do in preparation for filming the episode. With Real Housewives, you can say whatever the hell you want. Even though, yes, I do believe it's a scripted show, I don't believe that they create the lines. I believe all they do is say, this is the situation, go. So that's what I mean when I say it's scripted. Not necessarily like every line is handcrafted. But I do believe that they they come up with these scenarios and they're like, all right, here you go. And they play off of what's happening in the women's real lives. We're going to keep an eye on this story and see what happens. And I'm going to go and I will be right back. And I'm back. All right, so something I have to tell you guys about Will is he is all about the dad jokes. And our chat is literally filled with memes of dad jokes. And it's just one of those things where, you know, it's fun to send back and forth. But I never really, um, I, I never really thought about... How am I going to say that? Like, it it was just never one of those things where I was like, oh my god, like, a member of the royal family is going to do this. Until Prince Harry did. Now, if someone had asked me five years ago, or ten years ago, is Prince Harry or Prince William more likely to tell dad jokes? I would have guessed Prince William 100%. But, clearly I was wrong, because it's Prince Harry who's making headlines for for telling dad jokes. So they, he and Meghan Markle, his wife, of less than a year actually, which I don't know why that surprises me, but it really does. 
Like, I know they've been married and they've been together for a short time, but it, it seems like every day I'm hearing something new about them and it's like, good lord. Um, so they went to Morocco. It's probably going to be um, Megan's last trip before... Um, she's not able to travel anymore because of obviously being pregnant. And they stepped off and the press was there and someone, um, one of the, um, press asked about the pregnancy. And Prince Harry did a faux shock thing and was like, what, you're pregnant? And, you know, she gave a gracious smile and he goes, is it mine? Now here's the, here's my thing. On the surface, that could be a dad joke. You know, just a really horrible, ill-advised dad joke. And, and I will never discount that it could be that. But, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that there's something darker here. Now, for those of you that aren't aware, or don't read... Crazy Days and Nights and Blind Gossip obsessively like I do. Maybe you don't... Um, maybe you've missed this, but there's a whole storyline, and both of them have pretty much the same arc going on. That Megan... Um, that Harry and Megan met when she was a yachter. For those of you who don't know what a yachter is, um, it's the nicer way of saying a prostitute. So he paid her for sex originally. And then, at some point in time, they fell in love. Okay, that's sweet. Kumbaya. Good on them. Except for the fact that they say that Megan has continued yachting this entire time. Now, it seems very hard to believe that the royals would allow that to continue. Queen Elizabeth is a badass. I'm going to get called a slut for the British again, but it's true. Um, this is a woman... Queen Elizabeth is not a woman who suffer fools, suffers fools easily. And if she even had an inkling that Meghan was selling her body, Meghan would no longer be part of the royal family. Queen Elizabeth would force a divorce. Um, because it's not like Megan has, Megan or her family have made it easy. Megan constantly flouts protocol and tradition. And her family, they're always up in the British tabloids saying something or doing something crazy. So, um, our recently, Thomas Markle, Megan's father, said that the royal family is like Scientology. Excuse me, Mr. Markle. Fuck you. Okay? Fuck you. I'm gonna say it. Uh, maybe I am a slut for the royal family. I do love my royals. They, they fascinate me. Um, I can hear Mandy yelling at me. Telling me that I should be saying this stuff. Um, so before I get yelled at too much, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna be right back. And I'm back. 
So, one thing I really can't stand is when people try to shift blame for their mistakes to um, other people or give asinine reasons why um, these mistakes happened. The, The only thing, the only acceptable... The only acceptable answer here is I fucked up. I messed up. I I made a mistake. And you know, I'm very sorry. Let's let's move away from this now. And it, it seems like almost every single man that was brought down by me too didn't learn that lesson I thought Louis CK had. And then he came back an even bigger douchebag than before. Um, and Aziz Ansari, I don't know, like, that, I think that whole situation can be talked about um, in a different segment, but, you know, he didn't, he, he and his accuser actually had talked before um, her article came out, so that's all I'm going to say about that, but, um... In this case, I'm talking about Offset. That idiotic asshole who is married to Hardy B is upset because reporters are reporting on him. Here's the thing, okay? I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. If you don't want reporters prying into your personal life, do not make it part of your act, period. Part of his act and part of Cardi B's act has been their relationship. And then he's going to turn around and get upset because people report on his actions. And then blame them for the trouble in his marriage. Okay. Here's here's what he said and then we're going to break this down. He said, I'm a 20, I'm 27, I'm a young guy, we done stepped into some things we didn't really know too much about, we love each other and everything, but it's like, we was going through a separation, both of us are artists on top too, so when certain blogs would lie or say something that wasn't true, I would still become the bad guy somehow, I don't get why it, why it can't just be, I fucked up, I made my say, and we moved past that shit. Here's the thing. He, in one breath, he's saying that they lied, they I never cheated. And then the very next, he's like, I apologize, and, and it should be fine because I said I'm sorry. That's not how cheating works. You, the reporters who reported on the, the infidelity had nothing to do with how Cardi B reacted. Cardi B went to the strip club and had her entourage beat two girls' ass because he couldn't keep his dick in his pants. Okay? That's what happened. It didn't happen because two bloggers happened to see this or um, they put it up on their website. It happened because you fucked someone who wasn't your wife. And if you guys have an open relationship and you don't want these stories out there, A, don't cheat... Or B, do what Monique did and said, yep, you know what? 
we, we have ourselves an open relationship. It works for us. And I guarantee you no one's going to care. Now, I can say a lot of bad things about Monique. But the woman is honest. She knows she puts her, her personal life out there. And she owns that shit. She owns that shit hard. Queen Latifah is the exact opposite. She doesn't talk about her personal life. I'm not even sure she has a personal life. I think she just falls into a closet when she's not working. And then when she's needed back on set, she comes out of that closet. That was a really bad analogy, given that um, there's really strong indications that she's a lesbian. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying here. When you choose to live your life so out there in, in the public... You have no right to privacy. I've said the same thing about Taylor Swift. Um, When she was going through her thing with with Tom Hiddleston or John Mayer or... (laughs) So the list is too damn long. You, when you write about, when you, when you write about your, your personal life, you're putting it out on the stage for everyone to consume. You can't then say... Oh, we broke up. Please respect our privacy. No, that's not how it works. We're invested now. We want to know what happens. So Offset, stop your fucking lying shit. Own the fact that you cheated on your wife. And move on from that. Okay? I'm going to go and I'll be right back. And I am back. So... Um, in preparation for me writing my fantasy novel, Will recommended and um, for Christmas gave me a book. Um, the book is by Brandon Sanderson. It's called The Way of Kings. Um, he just wanted me to get a feel for the genre. Um, even though I'm reading, I'm also reading his book, um, beta reading for him. Uh, um, he wanted me to see like basically different types of of fantasy. And, and to be honest, it's really, really helped me out a, a, a ton. Um, you know, first of all, it's, it's, it's wonderful that I have a group of friends who are so supportive and will lift me up no matter what. You know, I, when I just told everyone I wanted to do a true crime book, there was not one naysayer out there. They were like, yes, do this. We got you. Um, when, when I said I wanted to, um, write the Megan Kelly book, same thing. I was, I had started working on the Drunk Awards book, and honestly, it, it just became overwhelming for me. Um, there's, there was some stuff going on in my life that needed my attention more, so that's why we didn't get the Drunk, um, the Drunk Award Companion book. But I did start it, and at some point I'll probably publish the pieces I, I did end up um, writing just because I don't want them to go to waste. (laughs) And, you know, in my focus in my writing life is is on um, this future fantasy book that I'm going to work on and doing some more true crime books. Honestly, the true crime books, first of all, they're just so much fun. Um, I'm doing them in rule style, which basically means, like, there's, like, one major case or one big case, and then a couple more um, for those who 
who just want to read all about the the true crime stuff. And I'm doing it in my own voice. Um, which, I, you know, obviously that sounds like, duh. But a lot of the true crime writers, especially those on Kindle Unlimited, they try to mimic someone, M.W. Phillips, um, who is a very prolific um, true crime writer. I'm trying to make sure... I'm sorry, it's M. It's M. William Phelps. Um, but anyways, but so it, the the true crime is very easy. The fantasy is not so easy. Um, you know, as I was reading Will's um fantastic book. I was struck by how um, he has a very distinct voice and it's very easy, like almost like a beach read. Sanderson is very dense, but he's, you know, he gets you in there and like he builds his world and builds the plot at the same time. And it's very fascinating as to how these two, they're both so good at what they do. And they have very divergent and different styles. But they do the same exact thing. And I'm hoping that when um, mine comes out, people will say the same thing about mine. Um, I'm drawing very heavily from ancient Egypt. Specifically, um, the Cleopatra era. I'm not going to give away too many details, but um, I'm writing a short story right now based on the world with these characters, just to see, um, just to make sure that this is, I'm going to work out the way I want it to. And it's going to be a book series. Um, I have three pretty much plotted out, um, with a fourth likely, because I think I just came up with one more twist that's going to lead me to the um, climax and conclusion of these books. Um, and I just did it while I was recording, which is... Which is always a really weird thing for me, because whenever I get an idea while I'm recording, I want to write it down, and then I'm like, oh, my notepad's on my phone, and I don't want to close out my my recording equipment. <laughs> anyway, so... There's that. Um, and if, you, if you're if you a fan of my true crime, Saturday, um, we're going to have another true crime episode. We're looking to hopefully have another true crime Saturday um, recorded for you guys. No promises because, again, I'm traveling. So um, everything I'm doing, I'm trying to make sure is done right and that we and the story that we want to do for next Saturday is a really big one and probably actually should be a vlog but you know I love you guys anyways I'm gonna go and I'm gonna be right back and I'm back so we've been talking about um R. Kelly and his the charges he's facing um saying that he has molested 
and raped um, 14-year-old girls. And not, not really ignored the fact, because we talked about how Michael Jackson's estate is being sued for $100 million. Uh, or, they're not being sued. There's a... Let me backtrack a little bit here. There's a new documentary that's debuting on Showtime called Leaving Neverland. Michael Jackson's estate is suing HBO and um, the production company for $100 million saying that it's defamatory, that um, he was acquitted of all these charges. And it's true. Michael Jackson in 2009 was acquitted. Um, I'm sorry. In 2005, he was acquitted of um, sexually abusing children. However, there was enough evidence to take him to trial. And in 1993, he settled a lawsuit on the same allegations. So, people are saying there's more than enough evidence to cooperate these people saying, you know, Michael acted inappropriately with these children. At this point, the estate seems to be taking issue with the two people who are making these allegations. Wade Robson and um, I can't find the other guy's name. Anyways, um, his last, the other guy's last name is Safe Chuck. So anyways, they're saying that those two are just, they're just out for a buck. Uh, and here's the thing. With Wade Robson, he has repeatedly denied on, on the stand that Michael Jackson ever touched him inappropriately. So for him to now come out and say, well, yes, he did, it does seem a little strange. Um, and there could be, there could be some criminal charges, I think, um, for perjury if, if it's true. Because how do you go from saying, no, he never did, to yes, he did? Um, I guess you could argue repressed memories or not understanding what inappropriate means. I think those are two very faulty... I think those are two very faulty arguments, but you can make them. So, what exactly are we talking about here? (laughs) Which seems really strange since I've actually stayed on topic. Amazing, right? (laughs) Anyways, um... So, some of Michael Jackson's family... Um, his brother Tito, his nephew Taj, and someone else. Oh, the other guy's name is James Safechuck, just so you know. I knew I would find it. Um, anyways, so they went on CBS's morning show with Gail King. And they blasted this documentary. No, 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 it never happened. We know, uh, uh, um... 
um, Michael Jackson's brother, Marlon, said this documentary is not telling the truth. There's not been one piece of evidence that cooperates their story. And they're not interested in doing that. Okay. Um, Michael Jackson's brother, Jackie, said, I know my brother, he's my little brother. I know my brother, he's not like that. And Gil King asked the question of all questions, and she needs to be applauded for this. I don't know if she learned it from Oprah or um, if journalism school paid off for her or what, but she deserves a round of applause for this question. She said, some would say, though, guys, it's hard for you to sit here and say the documentary isn't telling the truth when you haven't seen the documentary. Shouldn't you at least see the documentary? How can you complain or challenge something that you have not seen? And Jackie gives a really circular argument. I don't care to see it because I know my brother. I don't have to see the documentary. I know Michael. I'm the oldest brother. I know my brother. I know what he stood for, what he was all about, bringing the world together, making kids happy. That's the kind of person he was. Here's the thing. None of us ever want to believe the worst in our family. Until we do. So I'm not blanking them for saying my brother would never. But Gil King brings up a good point, and I think that this could actually be used um, against them in court because they haven't actually seen this. They know sort of what it's about. They know what the advertisement's about. But they're accusing this documentary of being very one-sided and only showing one side of the story, but they've never actually seen the documentary. So all of their evidence is based on the fact that Michael Jackson's name is attached to a pedophilia documentary. And that there's accusations being leveled against him. They're not basing it on any of the facts of the movie itself. And that's a problem. And it goes to show that they're not worried about protecting Michael's image. Or they're not worried about defending their brother. They're worried about protecting his image and protecting that money that's rolling in for them. That's what they're worried about. And it's sad because you almost want them to... I don't want to say, like, throw their brother under the bus because that's not what I mean at all. But you almost kind of want them to understand that... Um, first of all, there's freedom of the, um, there's freedom of speech and freedom of the press. But more than that, these are not allegations that have not been around for a very long time. In fact, even though Wade Robinson, uh, Robinson denied Michael touching him, there had been rumors that it, that was the case for, for a very long time. And there, um, there are even rumors that that Michael Jackson touched Macaulay Culkin. Though Macaulay has maintained um, that Michael Jackson never touched him. We're gonna go. Well, not we're gonna go and be right back. We're, I'm gonna call it a night. Actually, thank you guys so much for listening. As always. Um. And until next time, cheers.